Ciao, my friend! Welcome to the Say Cheese podcast, hosted by me, Lily Red, a destination wedding photographer based in Lake Como, along with my American husband, business partner, and occasional co-host, Dick. This podcast is for photographers and creatives who are tired of the constant chase of perfection and want to be surrounded by people that understand you, just like us. It turns out that saying cheese is the perfect word for getting people to smile. So are you ready to have some fun together? Let's go! Okay, welcome, welcome to this podcast. Lily's podcast that doesn't have a name yet, but I was so excited to introduce you to the world, a podcast that already existed. It was Italian. It was called Non è Colpa Mia. But one day I say to myself, why I have to limit to Italy Lily's voice where I can expand to entire world? Why I have to limit my knowledge only to week when we can expand to all the world? So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And, you know, I was very, very interesting to understanding who can be the first guest of this uh, international podcast. And I was thinking, I was thinking, and they say, you know what, I'm going to invite a person that I admire so much, a person that is smart, a person that uh, helped Lily Red to become the brand, the business, the photographer that uh, she is today. And so I'm going to shut up now and introduce you this person, Vic Meta. (laughs) Wow, what an introduction. I guess I should follow up for this amazing, beautiful, joyous, love-filled wife that I've been honored to uh, be part of. I just did the introduction so you can cook this evening too. Wow, so every evening too, it's not just this one. Exactly. Thank you. I have to work for that. For sure. You work, I work. Teamwork. Ciao, Vic. Ciao, Bella. Welcome to our podcast because it's going to be also yours this time. It's not only me talking and I'm excited. (laughs) I want to, the people, understand how much of Vic there is behind Lily Red. You know, also the people just see me because I like to talk. I like to be, I like to share. I like to be... With the people, and you are a little bit, I don't like to say shy, but, uh, you know, you're, you're the kind of person that is always behind, but you are the kind of person that is fundamental to grow a business. So I'm just talking about you as a business, sorry. I'm just talking about you as business. After you go to the husband relationship. Different roles, different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's not that I'm shy. It's that I know you're better at being the public face of the business. And so if we had two public faces, I think that would be fine. But there's so much other stuff to do behind the scenes, then, then where would the time be for the other stuff, right? Yeah, I know. I, I use the time to get the, to get the facials and backup <laughs> business expenses. <laughs> I want, but you know, not everybody knows you, for sure not as much as me. And uh, I want you to introduce yourself to all the people that are going to listen to this episode all the people that are interested about who is this person behind Lily Red, where, where, where are you come from? What's your background and uh, what are you doing today? Sure. Okay. So I'll give you the, the longer version and we can just talk through it. So mm-hmm. I'm a 
first generation of uh, immigrated parents from India. So my parents were from India in the 70s, and my brother and I were the first generation born and raised in the U.S. And so that probably gave us a very entrepreneurial spirit to start with. You know, immigrants coming over from overseas, new life, new opportunities, new challenges, difficulties, culture adjustment. That my parents faced all those problems, and then our my brother and I grew up American, essentially. And so I was born and raised in the East Coast of the U.S., and coming from immigrant parents, you're always... The, the joke in the, in the Indian American Indian culture is doctor, lawyer, engineer, which one do you want to be? And so I chose engineer. And so I studied uh, at an engineering school, spent five and a half years there, took my sweet time because it was super, super, super challenging. And then once I got my, my engineering degree in electrical engineering, I moved to California with my brother. And then maybe a year, year and a half later, I moved to Doha, Middle East, uh, in Qatar. That was 2008, 2009, 2010. World economy was kind of shitty. And so I was like, okay, if I can go make a bunch of money, do some engineering, live overseas, like, why not? Why wouldn't I do it? And then in 2011, I met you. Hmm. That was unexpected, but pleasantly surprising. And then uh, I would say I life changed and grew up very quickly. Yeah, we did. Yeah, super. And uh, super excited, happy about that. You know, we met, I was... 28 when we met, right? Is that more or less right? Yeah. And you were 26. So super like like super young little kids, right? Full of excitement and energy. And it still it's still are. Totally. Yeah, no. Right? Still are. We do. And so we we met. You were changing your life. I was looking for my life. And we met up and didn't really leave after that. Uh, then we moved to San Francisco and you continued your photography journey. I said, see you later, engineering. Fuck off, see you later. And then we started doing Lily Red, like really doing Lily Red. Yeah, but do you speak this like is uh, oh so easy, blah blah blah? <laughs> Tell like it. Oh. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't. It was easy. So so how do you, so let no. me flip it on you. You 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 started mm. photography. How it was what? How did you how did you pick you know, it for camera? To be honest, I started because uh, why? I need the money. Yeah, that was uh, one reason. One. Uh, one very good reason I was in Doha with you and I needed like a, to make money to survive. And I had the camera in my hand. And what, look, this time, I always remember this time when I, the first time I met you and uh, I was just quitting my job and you asked me, so, okay, you quit your job. And I was very shy, like, mm, what, what do they, what do I say to this guy to impress myself? <laughs> I'm a woman without a job that doesn't know what to do in her life. And you very nicely told me like, okay, I know that you like photography. Why don't do this as a job? And like for me, doing photography as a job was impossible thing to do because you're from like a doctor, lawyer, engineer. I am from do the job as long as is the job is uh, you have uh, I don't know how to say in in English, but it's tempo indeterminato in Italiano. So you work in an office. You do the office job. So sure, like a full-time job. Sure. You make 1,200 euro per month and everything else beside that is like, forget it. But you say to me that. So I my, my little artistic flame inside me with you it started to grow that day. And so... That's where I started my photography journey. I, w- I went like, wow, nobody ever told me that. Everybody told me, 
I should use the camera just to go to photograph the sunset in Lake Como. And then that's it. But you said to me, smart guy, why you don't use the business? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the start of the journey. Sure. I need to I, make I would, money and have a camera in my hand. I, I would make one uh, edit to that. I would say it's not a flame. I would say it's flower. So it has to be nurtured, loved, blossomed, grown. And when it has roots by itself, then it can, like, then it can go to different levels. I know. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's, uh, I have a, a very interesting question for you. Like, uh, since day one, let's say day one, because that, it was the first night that I met you that you said to me this, there is some sort of believing in me and believing and not be afraid of investing. Like, for me, that I'm from a culture... I don't know if it's just my families or Italian where like, oh, you don't spend money where the things that are like, you don't spend money on courses because they're not tangible. We spend money on things <laughs> that we have. Like spending money on, on courses is, I've, you're afraid, you don't know, you think everybody is doing it and uh, you don't get anything. But from you, I learn the that investing money in growing is what makes you grow. <laughs> where where it's come from, from you, this? I, I, I think it comes from a lot of different places. It, it comes from having that, that background of having entrepreneurial parents. It comes from having a culture of you can do it, go beat you. Uh, it comes from just, just being in that environment all the time, you know. I think, like, you, you have to invest your time, money, and energy where you want it to grow. Like if you, if you don't take those steps, you don't take those risks, you don't invest the money, you don't put in the time, like what are you expecting to get in return? I, I guess it's easy no, to go ahead. It's hard. It's hard. I, I guess it's easy to, to go ahead and like buy a, like a Prada bag or something and, and you get like a Prada bag out of it. But if you're looking to do more in your life or looking to do more or change your situation, you've got to put in the hard work, you've got to put in the effort, you've got to study, you've got to learn, you've got to challenge yourself, you have to grow. You have to push yourself. You have to do shit you don't want to do. You have to wake up early. You have to build something. Like, like if you want to do, if you want to get like the, like if you want to invest in yourself, like if you don't invest in yourself, then how are you expecting to change your situation or, or grow from where you are? Like just how, how do you intend to do it? I think we expected that somebody knock at the door and say like, hey, I'm your opportunity. I'm here. I you know, know, I think that that comes from like, I think a lot of people have a victim mentality. It's like, oh, so I need someone to come save me and then everything will be okay. But no one's coming to save you. No one cares about you. No one thinks about you. And so you have to be the first person to take the step and take charge and take responsibility for your life. No one else is going to do it for you. Like you have to take the actions because no one, like, honestly, no one in the world cares about you. Um, like the way you should care about yourself. And so if you want to make those changes, like, no one's going to come do it for you. You, you mean, in the movies, they'll tell you that that's how it works. But in real life, if you, if you want something, you're going to have to go get it. Like, and so how do you get it? You invest in yourself. You invest your time, money, energy in yourself to becoming the better version. Like You're investing to become the person you want to be in 10 years. And then in 10 years, that version of who you want to be is going to change and you, and you go pursue that. So, so it's like a never-ending quest, really. But the journey is, is exciting. It's growth. It's fun. No, no, it's uh, now I understand, but 
it took me, I think, 10 years to, to understand this lesson. Like now, when you say to me, like the other day, you said to me, oh, I purchased a course about public speaking so you can learn how to uh, be, how to present in the best way. I went like, wow, great. And yesterday night I was exhausted, but I was excited to watch and to learn. And uh, I, I get it now, but man, it took 10 years of taking off this mentality and like all the people are listening. I want, I want to share this, like uh, investing in yourself is the best things you can do for yourself. And then after, if you want a Prada bag, you can take it. Come on. You're talking with a woman that love fashion. So shut up. I, I, I didn't say anything. I was sitting here being nice and quiet. You're the one that started having a monologue with yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back, back to Victor talk. I'm sorry. Investing money. Okay. So I remember like now we're talking about big things that you invest money on doing, redo the, the website, you invest money on growing yourself, you invest money to buy books to understand and blah, blah, blah. But since our first year in San Francisco that we needed to book those weddings in order to, for me to start the career, I remember that you put ourselves in, in all different and crazy situations such as Craigslist, such as... Go around Napa Valley with a box of cookies and a postcard about the only wedding that I photograph in Italy, trying to get more business from this location. Do you want to share a little bit more about these experiences? So when we were starting, I had no background in business or marketing. I just, just a new adventure for both of us. So I would say, first of all, we did a lot of things that we just did a lot of things hoping they would work. You know, Lily baked some cookies, combined that with some postcards and drove around to wineries and dropped them off and said, hey, Lily's a photographer. Go <laughs> ahead and book her. Didn't work. Um, we got the great wine. And even got some great wine. a great afternoon. We trolled through Craigslist and emailed dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of brides or couples-to-be with no success. You know, Craigslist is actually super competitive because everyone's fishing to the bottom of the barrel. Um, so managed to get maybe a handful of leads through there. So, so I guess the point is, is that if you want to start, you just have to start and you have to go out and get it. I, I would say if I had the knowledge I had now, 10 years ago, like what a difference that would have been, you know? So I think it was a mistake early on not to invest in the education or the resources to learn. And, you know, maybe also 10 years ago, this type of information didn't really exist, you know? So mm -hmm. that, we're kind of in that bubble in that space. Um, to the level exists now. But I, I would say, like, time is money. And so if there's a way to shortcut the process or get the answers without the heartache and pain, like, I'm 100% willing to pay for that because it's an investment. If I can save that year of heartache and pain and get straight to the results, I'll do it. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest lessons to learn because that in that one year, I can take that $1,000, $5,000 investment and then hopefully double it or triple or, or scale it, you know? But instead of trying to figure it out myself, where stuff is always changing, it's fucking complicated. And so just ask the experts directly, like get their knowledge and information. Like that's what learning is. That's what education is. That's what, that's what growth is. That's what listening to podcasts are. That's what reading books are. It's all the same concept. It's that there's, there's knowledge out there and learn it. Don't, don't try and pretend and you can figure it out yourself. Absolutely. And not all the people are right for you. Like, uh, 
Learn from the people and inspires you that you like. You don't have to go to everybody. That's that's my my take. Like some people think about learning from others a waste of time and money. You don't have to learn from everybody. Just learn from the people that inspires you. Yeah, there's right? different paths to success. So there's not one defined path that if you do this, you're guaranteed success. It's that there's dozens, hundreds, thousands of ways to achieve success. So what you want to learn is the framework and strategies and and the concepts that people teach you. And then as you start to implement them, as you start to do them, as you start to get great at them, you'll you'll modify them, make them your own. Like there there is no one formula for success. And sometimes people think they just follow, copy somebody else or do what they're doing. It'll work for them. Sometimes yes and sometimes no. The variable within everything is always yourself. Like how do you interpret? How do you see? How do you execute? What's your discipline? Those are the variables that you can't control, but that's also what makes your path and journey different from everyone else. No one likes to admit Fantastic. to it, but but that's the way it works. It's true. And you know, man, while are you speaking? I'm writing down questions because my mind is blowing when I'm listening to you. Are you are you writing questions I, or are you drawing circles? No, no, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm really writing questions for you. I don't know where to start. Okay, so focus, right? You move, we moved from San Francisco to Italy in January 2021 after COVID. And I want to know what do you think about this change? How do you feel like about living in Italy? But in the perspective about wedding industry, like uh, what do you think about the difference in the mentality, USA versus Italy? What do you like? What do you don't like? Uh, Sure. We receive this question pretty often, and I want to know your opinion. So the American wedding industry is very... It's a, it's a huge industry. It's a, it's a big... There's so many different players. There's so many different people. And there's so many great creatives, entrepreneurs, and artists for everyone. And it's also a much more competitive space. Italy is a much smaller community. It's a much smaller country. It's a much smaller community. But the rules are different here in terms of how people play and interact and build community with each other. That's, a, that's probably the biggest difference between the American wedding industry and the Italian one. Um, sometimes the Italian one is based on a little bit of fear. People are coming here to steal. What do you mean? People like uh, foreign workers, foreign photographers, planners, uh, wedding creatives are here to steal Italian jobs. I understand that because Italians can't necessarily go to the U.S. and work, but Americans can come here and work because the rules are less enforced. There's a lot less sense of community here. It's definitely much more gossipy. Their wedding planners are charged commissions, and there's a whole plethora of moral and ethical considerations that are around that because they usually don't tell their couples that. It's a very, if it's a it's like a scarcity-based mindset of there's not enough for everyone, so we have to put up walls and barriers to protect ourselves. And I think the walls and barriers over time may have started off by protecting you. But eventually, they keep you closed in, they, and they and they and they they block you off from from growth and and doing something better or more interesting or or change. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so so that's kind of the the difference there. It, it's 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 just a different culture and mentality. Not to say that of course there are great Italian vendors. Of course there are. But that's as expected. You see the level of artwork and commitment, dedication. But there's also the uh, the other side of it, which is very protective of who they work with and how they work. It's not as collaborative. How do you feel about that? 
How do I feel about it? Honestly, I don't give a shit. You know, like, uh, like I mean, people can do what they want to do. Yeah, uh, I, I, I try I not to. I think that's the right way. Like, I, I try not to look at what other people are doing. I try not to focus on what other people are doing, how they're acting, because it distracts of how I can improve myself, of what we can do and how we can grow. I, I feel like a lot of people initially will spend time looking at what everybody else is doing and then try to copy it or mimic it. And then you have a version, which is a copy of a copy. And, that, and, the, and you just get me lost that way. Like it's such mm-hmm. a waste of time. I think you need to study and understand what, what the trends and the movements in the industry are and, and then make them your own. Like don't be afraid to go out there and be bold, unique, special, not for everyone. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that, especially here and in the US too. It's not unique to Italy, it's, but maybe you see it. I think it's a worldwide thing. Yeah, you, you see it everywhere. It just hair, you've mixed it with a little bit of, of, a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand that too, because things are, are a bit more challenging in Italy. Like the rules and regulation, the bureaucracy are just fucking stupid. There's mm-hmm. no way around it. it. Like the entire system is, the, is set up to make you fail to some extent. Like there's no access to capital. It's, it's hard to get financing. Bureaucracy and the red tape is ridiculous. Taxes are off the chart. And so that's where a lot of frustration and fear comes from because everything's set up to like to make things harder for you instead of making things easier. And that's so sad because this country is full of a wealth of history. Opportunity. Italy is the most beautiful country in the world, in my opinion. Not because I'm born here, but I really think we are a country full of opportunity. Yeah, it's history, culture, art, design, fashion, beaches, beautiful places, mountain food. Mountain. Of course. Yeah, it's full of so much. But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of things in Italy are for sale. If, if you name the right price, people are willing to sell out their soul. Oh, yeah. I can see with Lake Como. Yeah, Lake, Lake Como is busy. Um, it's really, really, really busy. And it just keeps getting more and more busy and more and more expensive, you know. It's all, but there's also opportunity, right? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for all of Italy and tourism in general, it's it's a challenge to figure out what that balance wants to be with over tourism um, and economy and industry, et cetera, et cetera. It's not an easy conversation. I don't have the answer, but no, I know we could do an entire episode about it for sure. Listen, uh, changing a bit topic, I want to ask you: uh, When I started to be a photographer, I was thinking that. To be a photographer, I just have to be the most uh, amazing artistic person with a camera in my hands, millions of lenses, millions of equipment, and that's make my business successful. But nowadays, what I think is that maybe you are more important than me. I think the biz- photography is a business if you want to succeed and making money to survive. Instead, I was thinking that the uh, Photography was just to go to a wedding, taking pictures, that's it. So if we put in a scale, Vic's job is 60%. And 80-20. Vic, it's called the 80-20 rule. 80-20. No. No, 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 Bello. Absolutely not. Uh, so where I want to go is that uh, it is uh, true that uh, a photographer is great on business and is not that artistic, has more chance to succeed compared to a wonderful artistic that doesn't know how to sell himself? Well, I think you already answered your question. I hope that you say no. Oh, no. I, I was going to say the exact opposite. 100% true. 
you know, if you're a great photographer, that's that's a great skill be able to create and bring forth something beautiful. If you're trying to run a business, it's a different skill set. And photographers learn how to be great photographers, how to be great creatives, how to be great artists. Photographers don't learn inherently how to be a great business owner, how to be profitable, how instead to just survive, how do you thrive? How do you, how do you support your family, yourself, and then more? Yes, you can do it through great photography, but you need to be a great business owner first. Um, versus if you're, if you're a great business owner and okay photographer, like, like you're going to succeed. This changed everything in the game. This is like for me when I realized I was like, "Wow, really?" Yeah, really. That's the way it works. Like you need to be a, you need to have a great business. But I'm thinking about okay, we are we are a couple that work together, and I'm not putting any of my time and energy in the business side because I know that there is a you and you're much better than me. That's your job. And you don't put any time in the artistic side because, you know, that is me. It's my job. This is what I'm doing great. So what the other photographers can do? There's a lot they have to do. You know, to, to do what we do in two people is, is, is one of our superpowers, you know? That, that's what makes us especially unique is that we do have two people behind us. And that's why this job has seen this level of success. So what does the person do who doesn't have that support mm -hmm. or that other person it's that you need to be really, really, really dialed into your systems, your workflows, and your delegating. You can't pretend to do everything yourself. You know, even we have that problem. There's so many things that we still need to delegate and assign and build. But if you're one person, like you really have to be methodical with your, your with your time. You have to understand what like where is your time best spent? Like, is your time best spent editing or is it now assigning it to your editor or to your AI tool? If you're responding to every email and every inquiry manually every time, you probably need to be setting up your CRM like a HoneyBook or Studio Ninja or something to automate some sort of the process. Like you have to use tools that are available. Otherwise, you're just going to drown. Like you're, you're just never, ever going to get yeah. ahead. So you, you just have to build up a support network and it comes by delegating and hiring people. You know, you have to be, but in order to do that, you have to be generating revenue. You have to be generating money and yeah. cash and, and and something to pay people with, right? So that that's where the challenge comes in. That's where the grind comes in. Like that that's like the first year, two or three, whatever it takes you to get started, start generating some real real money. That's where the tough part comes in because it sucks. You're gonna have to do everything to start. Um, you don't have to stay there that long because you have to develop the process and systems or, or you, in this day and age, you can download and pay for them or get advice to do it. That's what, that's what this is the part of the conversation where it goes back to, like you can try and figure it out yourself the first three years or you can just get the help and shortcut it in one. Then, then you get back into the question of, oh wait, how do I get money to do that? You know, that, that's where it takes money, time, money, and energy to grow a business. You have three resources. So if you, if you have unlimited time, spend all the time in the world you have. Learn and uh, absorb knowledge. If you have energy and effort and you have energy, stay up late and uh, follow courses and, and watch YouTubes. If you have money, spend it and invest in coaches and mentoring and systems and processes and delegation. Like you have those three resources to play with. And so you have to use more of what you have and less what you don't. If you need to have capital, you need money, um, use your first job to pay for your second, which would be photography. Try to get a loan, use your credit cards. I really believe like, your business is not going to grow without cash. So you got to start investing somewhere. Um, so time, money, and energy, invest what you have.
and then you grind it out, you grind it. I think uh, as uh, artists, uh, there is only one thing that we cannot let it go. And you know what? Oh, yeah, it's stupid fucking Instagram grid. <laughs> I'm sorry. You try. I know I try. I also physically try, but um, I have to make the deal that uh, I am the boss of my Instagram grid and everything else is happening. So, so we talked about like, like, you know, I, I believe there is that set aesthetic and a style and a vibe you want to convey and show. And that was true six years ago because everyone had pretty Instagram grids like, oh my God, look at my colors are so good. But nowadays your Instagram reach is so low. Like what, what's your, how many people does Instagram show your, your, your post to? Like 2%, like 3% of your followers, maybe less. So people aren't going to like, oh, let me go check out Lily's Instagram page and see what's up, what she's up to. Like you, you get things post by post and reel by reel, you know? And so the more content you put, the more content you put out, the more of your audience you reach. And then no one's looking at your grid and like, oh my God, this grid is so pretty. Let me just, let me just show her so much love. It's not, that's not the way it works. Like, you're, okay, you're, you're okay. Work, you're operating. Lovely, fine. No, no, I understand this point, but I made my piece. So I give you the reads, but for us artists, I put a nice cover. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, you're, you're allowed to... Um, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just not going to change your life. Like all I the know. time and energy and heartache you spend into it, you could do so many more things with it. So it's like, where's I your know. time you, best spent? I know. Like, where's your time best spent? You, for Lily, her superpower is, is energy, it's speaking, it's podcasts, it's blah, blah, blahing. And so to sit there and have the mental space of like, hmm, is this picture good but three quarters angle or is it the other one? Like, there's a science to that, that there are more engaging photos. But, but you know, for me, for me, it's more than like the single photo, to be honest. It is more about the general look uh, that it, it is like when I, I want a photographer, a wedding vendors, a couples hanging up there, I wanted to see it. What's my vibe? Like imagine, imagine it like a painting. So when when you go inside my Instagram account, I'm like a photographer that is, is a painter that is painting it. And they see the whole picture about the vibe, the feeling, the, that if, if it's uh, because I'm an artist, if, if I don't get this, it, it can be someone, everybody else. But that's not the way so it works. yes to you. Yes to you. But, but, that, no, but, but, only, but it only works that way in your mind. Right? That's, not, that's not the way people consume content. You're, you're looking at it as how can Lily appreciate her work of art to the best extent Lily can appreciate her art. And you're not realizing that that's not the way Instagram works. I know. Right? So, but so, this, they love so this disconnect. I, I, again, I'm not saying it's, well, I am saying it's wrong, but you're, you're allowed to interpret your, your art as you want. It's just how much time and energy you want to spend on it because it's, it's, totally. it's limitless. Right. No, I, I know I'm getting better. I used to be much more picky and now I go like, I just go with the vibe and uh, okay, whatever's going for to sure, For sure. People, going are, to people are going to connect with Lily, the person who communicates and talks and shows off her energy. Yes, your aesthetic and your style and colors are so much part of it, but the only person who's judging you for that grid of you, no one else cares. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm very, I'm very like bad on that. I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, I'm sure there's got, there are so many people that work with the has, couples together, husband and wife. And, you know, during the past 
12 years that we know each other, we've been uh, through wonderful, most of wonderful moments, but we've been also through difficult moments because working together is not easy. But I feel like we finally found a balance and uh, we argue much less about work because uh, we know what is our job, what's your job, and uh, we're doing much better. So I want you to advise couples that are working together with uh, how to create a wonderful business team and maintaining that relationship that is more important than the business. Sure. So for married couples who want to work together, I'd probably say don't do it. But if you are going to do it, yeah, but if you are going to do it, you have to have different responsibilities and different roles. Like you don't want two artists trying to sit there and manage and grow the business. It just will never work. Or if you have two business people who are growing and managing the business, they need to be have different responsibilities and different tasks and different areas to watch over. Like you can't have two people doing the same job. It's just never going to work. Like you have to be able to split the responsibility and the organization of what you do. Like I, I won't pretend to be like the lead photographer or the editor or the person who's in front of the camera because it's not what I'm the best at, first of all. And second of all, we already have Lily for that. Like, why would we have two people doing that? It just seems like you're competing with each other instead of trying to complement each other. And then, you know, one thing I do miss about the office is that it, it was nice to come home after not seeing you all day to have the excitement to see you, you know? That's one part I do miss. But at the same time, like, we can split our working areas. I'll work upstairs and you work downstairs. So it is nice to have a little bit of space and separation because a little bit of, I think a little bit of distance does make the heart grow fonder, right? If you do miss your partner and you want to see them. So it's definitely that, but it's just finding your balance. We're all trying to go to the same place. We have different ways to get there a bit, but we're we're all trying to get to the same place and then you have to enjoy the journey of what you're doing. Like it is complicated and it it is a lot. But you have to enjoy that part of it. So and so I do enjoy that yeah. part of it. That's why that's why I'm willing to put in the effort, energy, and all the work and heartache that comes with it too. Because it is fun. Like I, I to go through this process is not just business, it's also like personal growth, couple growth. It's it's everything, right? It's not just like we're working together, but we're growing together. So that's why it's 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 exciting. That's why we still do it. I think one of the most difficult things for you is taking break. Like you're a machine that goes and work and uh, you're getting better for sure because it's me that is like, Vic, we need a break. And sometimes I also say to you, Vic, I feel like I'm getting like you, waking up early, getting a workout, coffee, start to work, do my things, stop to complain. Like uh, it is fun to see like uh, how part of myself uh, on week so he understand that we need a break and so he said to me during weekend okay like let's say let's take sunday off and i go like no but i really want to do it. i really need to finish this job uh, on the side me i'm taking big side where i like to wake up early i like to do the job that i'm committed to and i want to always do the best of the best so it's fun it's fun we really found each other i guess but yeah. i think it's very good at advice like working on a different things is fundamental yeah you know again it always comes back to that journey the journey has to be yeah. a process of growth evolution understanding and I, when you're responsible for your business you understand that like you're responsible for your business like if you, if you don't feel like going to the office or doing the work you don't have to no one's gonna tell you hey you know you missed your deadline 
you need to get your shit together. It just means your business suffers or, or you're not executing to your, to your highest level. And so when you hold yourself to that standard of excellence and performance and wanting to be the best and wanting to have these goals and wanting to achieve that success, like you will drive yourself crazy trying to achieve it because you know you can. And then the only person who's going to really do it is you. So if you don't put in that yeah. effort, energy and work, like what do you, what do you expect to happen? And so that's where a lot of the fuel comes from. It's like, you know, you can do it, you enjoy the journey, and then you start to hit some different milestones and goals along the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it the, is a balance. Can I say, no, it's, it's a balance, but it's also very, very important, like the communication. Like when, if there is something that is wrong, stop there and speak. Like uh, we found a couple of times, me and we can say like, okay, what's the priority? The business of our relationship. And we always agree that uh, our wedding, our wedding, our, our married life is more important than the business. And so maybe we took a step back and say like, okay, what, what we need to fix into the business in order to get back in our happy marriage. So communication, communication. I, I, I talk well, like, as soon as I see everything wrong, maybe you, we talk less, but me, it's like exploding and say everything because I think a communication is the key to fix everything. Yeah, it's communication yeah. and listening. Yeah, it's like being able to listen. Definitely have to listen. Business and, and marriage. Like your partner is going to tell you things. You can say, hey, you're fucking stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Or you can go, wait a minute. What is she or he saying? From what perspective? And then I probably need to listen up because if they're experiencing or feeling something, I need to try to listen and hear that so that they feel heard in a safe space. So it, it's, it's, yeah. You're not always right, or you don't always understand everything. So you, have to, so you have to listen and appreciate the other side. You don't always have to agree, but you at least have to be able to listen and acknowledge the other half of it. Because you're not going to be able to see everything. Uh, we, all live, we all live in our own little worlds, especially, like I live in my world, you live in our, your world. We both live in our world together. And so sometimes it's hard to see what's right in front of you. So don't be afraid to listen, because sometimes things are obvious except for you. Okay, okay, bravo. Uh, listen, we have uh, five more minutes. Maybe I give you eight because I love to talk with you. <laughs> like, we are working together on a, such a big thing now and um, multiple big things, but uh, the one that is very, very important that is coming is our workshop by the lake. We're really putting our energy inside and I think it's so much fun for me. For both sides, you're you're creating, putting together the team that is going to support us and support the people and the speakers. I'm putting together the photo shoots and the, and the bags, <laughs> the welcome bags, all the things that are artistic. Talk about a little bit about By the Lake. I want to hear from you because, you know, I'm excited to hear from sure. you. Sure. You know, education has always been one of our priorities that we've always struggled to kind of get going because we've just been so busy forever. So for 2024, we decided to do what? Three, four, five, six weddings, maybe, instead of the normal... Six, maybe, please. Maybe six. You know, so instead of doing the normal 15 to 20, deliberately, because now we can focus that energy towards education and sharing and building a community because we have so much to share that we've learned over the years in terms of destination, fashion, brands, like branding, experience, marketing, everything. And so the workshop is kind of a, a nice kickoff to that. 
You know, we did a workshop in Lake Como seven years ago. Uh, wow. And I swore we'd never do another one after that because there's so much energy and effort. Because I, I remember that, I think that was like a, it was some like crazy wedding season back to forth around the world. There's so much energy and effort. We're like, this is too much to do. But you know, now we're in a position where we can bring the right people along with us. We have a great mm-hmm. phenomenal team that's helping to bring this together and make such a world of difference. And so the workshop is, is, is what? It's like all of those lessons and energy and recharge and, and just that boost people need from one another. You know, I feel like we started going to more workshops in the last couple of years. And every time we come back from a workshop, I feel fucking pumped up. I, I feel like, wow, like that's what I needed. Or I learned something going, wow, I didn't even think of that. Like, I'm so glad they shared that. And so it's us trying to do that for other people as well. You know, I, I think you're full of energy and excitement and, and just um, support for other people. And so the workshop is just a great way to express that. It also lets you play. You get to play and be creative. There's not pressure of, I need to do this. I need to do that. The timeline says this. It's just like building a community of like-minded people and just supercharging the hell out of them, right? Because the wedding season is going to start. And so take it with like a jolt of energy and go hit the door running. So uh, I think it's fun. When is it going to be? April 16th, 17th, and 18th, we have a super fantastic crew. We have Lily, of course, as the, the queen of the queen. We have myself, which queen is... Of Le- queen of Lake Como. Sure. Sure. I'll take that. I'll be talking about some stuff. Uh, we have uh, Pablo Laguia and Ana, based out of Spain. They're phenomenal. We want to talk about like fine art, editorial, beautiful creations. They're going to be great to have. Uh, then we also have Kadamia, which is a super fantastic person. We're looking forward to talking with her as well. But it's, it's just a nice mix of... Yes. It's it's a nice mix because they're, they're all... Like all of you are different styles. You, Pablo, and Kara are very different styles and personalities. And it's fun to see how there's different ways that artists, photographers, creatives achieve success. Right? There's mm-hmm. not one defined road that you take to become successful. And I think that's why it's so important to have you three there because it's such different examples. But the common thread is it's always just embracing your brand or personality and style, yeah. whatever that might be. It's like being your best unique self. And once you're not afraid or you learn what that is and express it, like beautiful things start to happen. I really cannot wait. It's going to be like epic. I, I, I really feel like, uh, I already feel like ready. Cannot wait for April. It's going to be something very, like, you know, most of the people, some people I, I know that think about, oh, I'll go to the workshop is just a, such a waste, just another workshop. But in By the Lake, I want to make sure that people, yes, come to take amazing photos. People come to learn from the speakers. But my, I would be so happy if people come back at home with the experience Lake Como, like a local and also experience the other attendees. Like, don't be shy to know the people that are there because there are people that are there to learn, to, to like you, to learn. Like, there is no secret. There is no, there is no like, uh, one is better than the other. Even us uh, that organize the workshop, I'm, I'm just like you. Like, I'm nothing more than that. I'm, so please, don't be, don't be afraid. If you're afraid and maybe you don't speak a perfect English or you're just shy, 
those are not the uh, don't don't let these things stop you because uh, mm, that's the time for you to take to grow. And we say that I'm going to Vic. Do you want to say something else? To for sure, if you let me talk, I'll keep talking. I'm no, you, you have five minutes because we have a, another call soon. So <laughs> you, you said something about people who don't attend workshops are like, oh my God, that's not for me. And so it got me thinking. I feel like there's a lot of people who think workshops are a waste of time, money, and energy. Like they're just not worth it. They're stupid. Like I can watch that in YouTube and learn something more better. And you know, I, I would say to that is that you're not coming to the workshop just to like get pure knowledge. You, you, yes, you are. You're, you're coming to the workshop to get energized. You're coming to the workshop to get inspired. You're coming to the workshop to to meet people, to build a community, to build a support system. You're coming to the workshop to ask questions. You're coming to the workshop to get seen. You're coming to the workshop to take photos. You're coming to the workshop to get knowledge, to get value. But you're also giving too. You know, yes. you, you can't just hide behind your computer and shit on people all day and expect to get success. Like it's easy to say this workshop's stupid or like I'm not going to attend. I don't need help. Like I already knew that or it's nothing new. It's so easy to do that. But it's really hard to push yourself and say, hey, I, I'm so different from these other people, these other photographers, but I'm looking forward to that because somehow they're going to empower me. They're going to enlighten me. They're going to show me something different that I didn't realize or that, that I didn't know. And being humble enough to say, I can learn from anyone or, or share an experience to somebody is powerful. And I, I would say if you have the mentality of like, workshop is stupid, I don't need to attend, I already know everything. I would say, go ahead and stay home. Like, you're not welcome, you know? But if you are willing to take that risk and that chance where you want to see some growth or make a change, you know, this is probably a, a great first step to do that or a second step or, or something, you know? This could be that kick in the ass, that boost of energy or just the awakening, reawakening you needed. Um, it's not going to come by sitting at home doing nothing. Fantastic. Yeah, totally agree with you. I, I remember that. When, when you put me on the plane to go to attend a workshop that I didn't want to go because I was shy, I didn't speak English, and I was so mad at you. But when I come back at home, I do remember, right? Oh, but I when I come back at home, I felt like so pumped and energized. I was proud of myself. I said like, wow, I did it. I took a plane. It just the, the things that you take a plane, you go to a different country, you go surrounded by people that you maybe don't know. It's something that you go home and you go like, Wow, I can't do anything in my life. So we are going to be there. We're going to be there to make you feel at home, ready for hugs, ready to share, ready for everything for you. We are going to be there for you. And uh, I'm going to close today's episode, the first one of uh, a long, uh, amazing episode with this podcast. We don't have the name yet, but we're going to do a poll so people are going to help us with the name. Thank you, Vic. I know that you're going to be busy for the rest of the afternoon. I really, really love sharing a little bit more about you and understanding, show to the people the importance of like uh, trusting somebody that you work with, the importance that having delegating, the having a business person on the side, a person that believes in you, like just th this thing, the belief is everything. So, grazie. Oh, bene. I'm always happy to be here. Andiamo. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. I see you upstairs. Certo. <laughs> ciao. Thank you for listening to the Say Cheese podcast. 
Before we go, I want to share a big thank you and grazie for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you automatically get the next week's episode. Stay excited and remember to spread the love. Actually, spread the cheese. <laughs> See you.